You're listening to Halford and Bruff. To be honest, it's, it's disrespectful, but we're not worried about that. Uh, ownership has clearly, to this point, that's that's really been the hang-up. Has been they don't want to pay three coaches at one time. They have not given hockey ops the green light to make a coaching change. Anybody would be be very very blessed to have Rick Tockett in the fold. He also is a respectful guy, and he doesn't want to step on toes. Hello, David. I'm really tempted. Just take it one day at a time, and know that I love you. I love you too, man. Good morning, Vancouver 601 on a Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. It is Halford. It is Brough. It is Sportsnet 650. We are coming to you live from the beautiful Kintec Studios and beautiful Fairview Slopes in Vancouver. Jason, good morning. Good morning. Adog, good morning to you. Good morning. Laddie, good morning to you as well. Hello, hello. Love you, man. Halford and Brough of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today uh, in a conversation and question. That really speaks to our age. Jason, I need to ask you, are you wearing your orthotics today? I am, oh. and we are coming to you live from the Kintex studio. Orthotics are not just for older people or elderly as I am. It's just us getting mm-hmm. old. Like You and I have never really had the full orthotics conversation before, and I feel right. like we're getting closer and closer to having it. Yeah. Well, yeah. especially after I came down with pneumonia <laughs> over Christmas. Yeah. Right. Like it's kind of like that's uh, not that's not that's not what a lot of young people get. Uh, Kintech future folks. Kintech Footwear and Orthotics Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over fifteen hundred five star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. Uh, we got a big show ahead on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet six fifty on a Friday. It's always fun on a Friday. Great guest list today. It's in sadness though. It's going to be our last hit of the year, at least for this football season, uh, with Brady Henderson, our Seahawks insider from ESPN's NFL Nation. He's going to join us at 7 o'clock, so we will look back on the Seahawks season that was, and we get to look forward to a draft in which they are going to have a lot of capital, and they're going to draft. I'm try- I was trying to remember the exact year that they were in the last in the top five. It's mm-hmm. been an awfully long time, so we'll talk to Brady about all I- that. I also wonder, um, when do they make the Geno Smith decision? Right. When do they slap that franchise tag on them? Yeah, it could mean it could happen oh, soon. They're gonna. Is that what they're gonna do? It is an option. Okay. It is an option. It's not great, mm-hmm. but it does get Geno a lot more money next year, right? Because that's the one thing about the franchise tag is in that individual year, yeah. you get a lot of money. The problem is that if you get injured whilst on the franchise tag, you have no future beyond that. It's well, a one year deal. We'll discuss all that with Brady. Yeah, uh, six thirty. Connor Hellebuck is going to join us now. Do we want to classify him as Connor Hellebuck? Winnipeg Jets goalie Connor Hellebuck uh, recently named an all-star for the mm-hmm. NHL all-star game or children's book author Connor Hellebuck. Novelist. Novelist. That's a good way of putting it. <laughs> yeah, Connor Hellebuck in his spare time just managed to throw together. I, it was multiple children's books, if I'm not mistaken, all for the uh, the topic of mel- mental wellness. He uh, he got into the children's illustration and book game. So that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. So we'll talk to him about that at 7.30. Goalies are all very learned, by the way. Do that's... you have a book? Uh, not yet. yet. Not yet. Not yet. Learned. I'm not learned. <laughs> not like Mike Halford. I don't have a book yet. Uh... It's kind pronounced of... <laughs> kind of... learned, Peppy. Uh, pe- I mean, Pepsi. Pepsi. I love you too, Pepsi. <laughs> Eight, o'clock. Eight o'clock Moj is going to join us on the program. We'll preview 
all of the divisional round games in the National Football League this weekend of the playoff variety with Moj at 8 o'clock. I don't think we've spoken to Moj since Nathan Rourke made his decision to join the Jacksonville Jaguars as well. We did talk to Nathan Rourke about that earlier in the week. So we'll talk to Moj about that at 8 o'clock. So working in reverse, Moj at 8, Connor Hellebuck. At 7.30, 7 o'clock, Brady Henderson from ESPN's NFL Nation. There is a hockey match tonight. It is the Canucks and the defending Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche. 7 o'clock from Rogers Arena. A-Dog, are we giving away tickets again today, but to tomorrow's game? Correct. Okay. And no tomorrow's game. Right. Of course, that's Hockey Day in Canada. How so many pairs of tickets for tomorrow's game? Just one. Okay. A single solitary pair. So let's get started with that more, right away. One more gift card, too. Yeah, right. Of course, to the uh, big party for Super Sunday. Yes. Yes. Okay. So uh, that ties in nicely to the fact that I need to tell you it's Ask Us Anything Friday on the show. Let's do Ask Us Anything today for the giveaways. Everyone good with that? Mm-hmm. You good with that? Okay. Yep. So the best Ask Us Anythings, text them into the Dunbar Lumber text line 650-650. Hashtag it AUA. Real quick. If you want the Canucks tickets, put a ticket emoji in. If you want the gift card to the Clayton Public House for Super Sunday, uh, text the football emoji. That's the American pigskin variety. Uh, we also got to do our locks of the week today as well. So it's a big Friday show. Without further ado, let's look back and tell everybody what happened. Hey, did you guys see the game last night? No. Oh, what happened? I missed all the action because I was... We know how busy your life can be. What happened? Missed that? You missed that? Well, the Vancouver Canucks did not practice yesterday, but they were certainly in the news an awful lot. Uh, I'll I'll ask you where you want to start because we're going to hit the two big stories from yesterday that were percolating. One was the Rick Tockett thing, Mm -hmm. and the other thing was the Bo Horvat thing. Where do you want to begin? Let's start with uh, Rick Tockett and Bruce Boudreau. Um, Of course, it was uh, the greatest insider of them all, me, that kicked it off yesterday saying, listen, this is what I've heard. I've heard it's going to be Rick Tockett announced on Monday. Now, I said it with the caveat because I'm scared. Yes. I'm scared of this not happening. Then people saying, you're a liar. You should be banned from the press box. Get him out of here. Um, by the way, get J-Pad back into the press box. It's ridiculous that you're he's here. not there. This is absolutely ridiculous. Ridiculous. Uh, yeah. You know, we should have mentioned this. Was, uh, anyway. You're relying on old Scoops McGee over yeah. here for stories now. That's how desperate yeah. we're getting. Like get get J-Pat back in there. It's yeah. it's and and not Seconded. not not having to go in like uh, like oh I'm going I'm working for this organization and getting in that way. Just give Jeff Patterson the institution in the Vancouver marketplace for a number of years now. Just be like yeah you can go whenever you want. Well except if it's like a concert or something then he can't just go. That's true. <laughs> you don't get it free to the Rolling Stones, Wait a Jeff minute. Patterson. Where the hell was I? Uh, at any rate, yeah, it was I think me. you were talking about Rick Tockett. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I'd heard that it was going to be Monday, the announcement for um, Rick Tockett. And then a few other people kind of made that same um, report or gave that same report, although John Busigros mm-hmm. with ESPN did it in a bit of a weird way. He tweeted out a picture of Rick Tockett. There was like three pictures. One was Rick Tockett. Another was Canucks jerseys. In the third picture, bear with me here, was a picture of the Mamas and the Papas album. Yes. Right? correct. All those three things were posted. So I was kind of like, what is going on here? Is Rick Tockett California Dreaming? Because that's their most famous song. But then someone else reminded me that they have a song called Monday, Monday. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So that would be the second report, Which, I imagine. Unless Rick Tockett is going to a California team. Well, but the possible. Canucks jerseys would not make sense in that case. The Canucks aren't relocating to California with Rick Tockett as their head coach, are they? Uh, I like the... That the, was his one stipulation. I'll be your coach, but yeah. we're yeah. moving to Malibu. That's why contract <laughs> negotiations have been so labored. Uh, I will I will say this. One, I never thought that John Bucciagross would be tweeting like he's the Zodiac killer. I don't know why we needed to go through the puzzle of doing all of it. But two, it validates and backs up what Scoops McGee had over here yesterday. That is this the worst kept secret in hockey right now that Rick Tockett's taking over on Monday? I mean, Elliot's gone so far down the road now that he's he's predicting who the assistant coaches are going to yeah. be. Like it's like Sergey Gonchar and Richard Matvichuk. Can we mm-hmm. just call Bruff Scoops from now on? Scoops McGee. Yeah, that's such mm-hmm. a good nickname. It is, and I think we can brand it out. But hold on, just one more thing. Um, the only one that's shown any subtlety or nuance about this hire, mm-hmm. it was John Bouchergrass. Like, everyone else seems, this is the most obvious, like, at least he tried to make people think about it. Like, everyone else, yeah. this is out there for all to see. Here's a text. Seems convenient to bring him in on Monday when the schedule becomes easy. That is a actually a very interesting point, I think, um, whether or not it's intentional or not. Um these three home games that the Canucks have, their first three home games are tough ones. They already lost to Tampa Bay. I think we can acknowledge Tampa Bay is a pretty good team, right? They've had some success in the last few years. You got Colorado tonight. Uh, Colorado starting to turn it around. They're the defending Stanley Cup champs, which gives them, you know, that's a feather in their cap. Mm-hmm. And then the Edmonton Oilers on Saturday. The Oilers beat the Lightning last night. It looked like they were going to blow it. They're up 3-1, and then Tampa Bay came back tied 3-all. Yeah. But the Oilers pulled it out. In the end, uh, after the Edmonton game, the Canucks host Chicago, not a very good team. Then they go down to Seattle, which will be a tough game based on the way the Kraken are playing. But then they come home to host Columbus, right? So I wonder if this management group is coming in like, yeah, let's give whoever the new coach is. It's Rick Tockett. Whoever it is, uh, just give him at least a first easy opponent, like the first opponent Mm. being relatively easy. But you've also got the time off, right? Sunday. Here, here's how you can here's how you can do it. Sunday, you announce that we've decided to part ways with Bruce Boudreau. There is a press conference Monday at Rogers Arena. Then the Canucks have a game Tuesday. Doesn't that make sense? This timeline works for sure. The timeline works. And put it this way, I was actually thinking about this late last night, just diligently working away. And I'm like, could it get to the point? where this is such an upfront and obvious and blatant move that everyone kind of knows is coming, that Saturday could end up being like a send-off game for Boudreaux? If the, could the fans in attendance mobilize the people? Could Here, you, here's a question. Could you work together? Here, playnow.com should come up with odds for this. Okay. Odds for a Bruce There It Is chance yeah, on Saturday. Yeah, it's a good idea. I know we're supposed to argue about things on sports radio, but this is a, he's got a well, good idea okay. for once. What would the odds be? I think they'd be I think it would be favored. <laughs> yeah, that w- it would be. At the end of the you know what they should do? At the end of the game regardless of situation, that should be the last thing that they chant before they leave for the night. Mm-hmm. Now, there might be some other things that they chant. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't at, muddy at the water here. But uh, we, we, we got something good and, here. And I've I've I, I kind of said this earlier in the week. Said if that Saturday game doesn't go well, Hockey night in Canada, all sorts of things going on around. Hockey day in Canada. Hockey day in Canada, but it's a nationally televised game that a lot of people are going to be watching because, well, not for the Canucks so much, but 
to watch Connor McDavid. Um, that could be an ugly atmosphere in Rogers Arena, and we've seen it. We've seen it a few times already this season. The crowd getting very restless with the with the Vancouver Canucks. Mm-hmm. Chance against ownership, which will obviously get the ownership's ears yep. perking up. Um, the Canucks are going to be once again. They're going to head into this weekend as the story of the Canadian teams, maybe of the entire NHL. And then Rick Tockett is probably going to come in at some point, maybe on Monday, and have to ask a bunch of questions, answer a bunch of questions about like, first of all, like who are you and what's your plan to turn this to help turn this team around, right? And uh, I did mention it very briefly. There were, there were uh, adjacent adjoining reports from Elliot Friedman about guys that Tockett might be bringing. Like again, we are so far down the road here that these are the reports that we're getting. So one was Sergey Gonchar, longtime NHL defenseman, who I think most recently was coaching with the Russian national program, mm-hmm. the Russian national team for the Olympics and World Hockey Championships and everything. One, Prior- one was Leopold from the Simpsons. One was Leopold. He's bringing him in. Didn't you have a gag that you had at the ready here that you were going to do? No. Well, I mean, it was based on Laddie's, uh, you know, Got it. due diligence. That's okay. He was. You remember when... Uh, who, who All is right, he, listen up, you little freaks. Who is he the interim for? He's the assistant of Super Nintendo Chalmers. Right, but he then introduced the replacement. Marge Simpson. That's right, yes. You, <laughs> do you remember this? Yeah. We get distracted. <laughs> so Bo, Bo Horvat was the other big story. I love the yesterday. Simpsons, but that's that, that, that's pretty deep cuts for 613 <laughs> in the morning. Deep cuts. Okay, uh, other big story yesterday, Bo Horvat. Um and you know how we like to overuse the word juxtaposition. Well, what a juxtaposition yesterday. Bo being celebrated for this amazing campaign that he is having. Being named to just his second ever All-Star game. And the first time he'll be representing the Vancouver Canucks at the All-Star game since 2017, six years ago. Mm-hmm. Of course, this comes at a time where I put together a list of all the rumored candidates that will be in line for Bo Horvat's services at the trade deadline because it's becoming more and more apparent that over the next couple of months, we're going to see two pretty significant changes to this organization. It could the be he- a new head coach and the captain could be traded. It could be in the next week. Right. Sat was talking yesterday and uh, other insiders were talking yesterday about how the Horvat talks are heating up. And wouldn't that make sense? Like, what, if you're bringing in a new head coach... And you're not planning on keeping on keeping the captain. Yep. Trade the captain, right? That, that would let, be the major surgery. No, seriously, some though. of the major surgery yeah. that Rutherford was alluding to. Well, so let Rick Tockett because Rick Tockett is going to have to come in if we're assuming that he's coming in, right? And he's going to have to figure out the leadership group of the team, and he himself is going to want to have an impact on the team. Obviously, um, I hear a lot of people saying. Why bring in a new head coach when there are still players on the team that that might be gone next season? Well, the Horvat one, maybe he'll be gone too pretty soon. But also, I wonder if part of the reason is for Rick Tockett to get a look at some of these players and go, I can work with this guy or I can't work with this guy. I think that's pretty spot on now. Like when we originally brought this idea up, you were saying the you kind of listed the pros and cons of bringing in a coach at this point, right? And then what it means, and I think what it says for the the immediacy is they don't want a slow start to next season like they had this season. Like Jim Rutherford does not yeah. want to be five games in the next season saying our training camp stunk. Well, not just this season, the last what three seasons, right? So there's that part of it for sure. The other part of it is gives them a, a head start. 
on uh, figuring out who the guys Talkit likes, and I think more importantly, the guys that Talkit doesn't want to work with, right? Yeah. There's one three-lettered guy that I think is probably going to be right <laughs> atop this list. He's like, I already know this guy. Yeah, no. Like, is that you? <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then he's, you know, so that's the idea is this is what they've laid out. So I will say this. We kind of talked about this briefly earlier in the week when Jim Rutherford had his press conference. Like, you might not like the message, and you might not like the plan. You might not care much for the blueprint, but at least you know what it is now. Mm-hmm. There's that sense of contentment. I don't know if contentment's the right word. It's not, yeah, it's completely the wrong word. But we're content in that we at least know something now. A lot of people still texting in, why make the change now? And I just told you why. Yeah, but we're yeah, we're just going to keep harping on this like the Canucks don't want to rebuild so you know the question that we always ask does next season matter or how much does next season matter it matters it it matters next season right? matters let me so add- they're trying to get a head start on this thing and they're going to bring in because the last few training camps uh two years ago when Travis Green had the team and then a year later when Bruce Boudreaux had the team at training camp they were trying to instill a bunch of stuff. Yep. Like they were learning systems. Travis wanted to make some changes. And then obviously Bruce was tasked with making a bunch of changes. And they didn't they didn't stick just yeah. because I don't think they had enough time to learn them. Now, A Dog, I have a question for you. How, it, it, you are an unabashed uh, stealth tank or blatant tank guy. Like you figure, and you want the Canucks to get to the bottom so that they have a good shot at Connor Bedard. Yeah, well, this year out of. More than most years. I mean, my rule with tanking is always I obviously want the Canucks to win. I'd love to see them make the playoffs. But once it gets to the point where, okay, clearly they're not going to. So at how, that point, tank city, baby. How concerned are you that they're going to get a tocket bump here and they're going to eh. play themselves right into 20th overall in the NHL? I mean, it would be very Canucks. I, I mean, I, what I expect is them to play poorly until the last like two weeks of the season and, and then win the final <laughs> 10 games in a row. Because I lo- expect that. Yeah, like I'm looking I, at I think it. people are assuming there's going to be this new coach bump. And I'm kind of like, know. I, I don't know, guys. Still, they're probably going to trade Horvat. They're like, they, they might be a little better defensively, but they're still not a great team. They like, know a lot. Lose they, games. They know a lot of them are gone. They, yeah. here, like, right? they, they, the talk it'll come in, so there'll be something there. They will be but, better defensively, but Horvat yeah, sort of. will be gone. So now, if you can see me on screen right now, I'm doing the hand gestures, which isn't great for radio. But well, we are on Sportsnet s- now. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, they're going to get a, something out of Tocket coming in, at least trying to maybe not allow five goals a game. But they're going to lose Horvat's offensive production at some point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. The, the X factor is how he responds. Like if he starts implementing stuff, and then is a real hardliner, like we're playing this way or the highway yeah. or what. And there could be other trades as well. So there's a lot of different dynamics at play. Well, the other X factor is Demko too. If he well, comes back that and, was that was the one I was going to get to. They're yeah. going to get Demko back at a certain mm-hmm. point. And he, I mean, like all due respect. Yeah, but he's been great. All due respect to Spencer Martin. Yeah, but Demko's like, that's what I'm saying. That's going to give him a bump, too. So there are going to be positives down the stretch here. And all due respect, uh, all due respect, all due uh, respect to Spencer Martin. Like, it's really been a problem his last six or seven starts where he's just not even giving them <laughs> yeah. close to quality NHL goaltending. But my question right? for you is, is Demko coming back a bump? Because, I mean, he hasn't really been that good this year. Oh, that's yeah. a good question. Let's I mean, if he was last year, yeah. Demko, yeah. of course. But this year, yeah. Demko's been kind of meh. He didn't look very good. Yeah. Um, here's a text in. Can you guys go over the Horvat heating up news? Yeah, we, we should do that. We got distracted and then went down about 20 different avenues. Uh, why don't you list the teams that you believe or you've read um, are in on Bo Horvat? Because 
Sat was talking yesterday that things are heating up and there might be a trade soon. Uh, according to Vancouver's very own Rick Dollywall, this one was first floated on uh, Wednesday, that Rick's heard the name uh, of the Seattle Kraken, first originating with Elliot Friedman. In his follow-ups, Rick then said that uh, he's hearing that they've been one of the teams in consistent pursuit of Horvat. We've talked about that one at length. It seems to make a lot of sense, given what they have down the middle and the capital that they could probably send back the other way. Well, my, my big question, obviously, is what's the return from a team like Seattle? Could Shane Wright be part of it? And, and I just have no idea. Maybe I'm throwing out a completely ridiculous um, potential trade chip, trade chip for the Kraken to include. But if you bring in Horvat, and I don't think it's going to be as a straight rental, they're going to want to sign Horvat long term. If you do that, then where does that leave Shane Wright with the organization? You got Matty Beneers, who's going to be the 1C. I don't think they're going to sign Horvat to be the 3C. Where does that leave Shane Wright? Go over some other teams. Uh, Boston is another one. Longtime hockey reporter Jimmy Murphy at Boston Hockey Now. He works alongside our good buddy Joe Haggerty. Uh, said that the Bruins are interested in acquiring Horvat. He then went on to add that Horvat has been the center of attention. I like that. Uh, yeah. For Bruins GM Don Sweeney. So Boston also makes a lot of sense. The big difference there between them and Seattle is that Boston does not have the really alluring, enticing either draft capital or prospect pool to draw from. Their best prospect is probably Fabian Lysel, but he plays on the wing, mm -hmm. which is not a place that the Canucks need to be. Drance said yesterday that the Canucks are heavy on the wings, and then a texter texted in that all he could envision after that was a bird trying to fly. Yeah, my wings are too heavy. You know, that's the Canucks right now. They want to fly, <laughs> but they are grounded. So Boston's in there as well. Murphy then went on to add, that other teams interested in Bo Horvat include the Colorado Avalanche, the Detroit Red Wings, the Carolina Hurricanes, who may have had some salary cap money open up yesterday with a really scary-looking injury to Max Pacioretty. Yeah. And then, of course, the Seattle Kraken. So I was sad about Pacioretty seeing him struggle, and it was one of those non-contact injuries where it looked like – what was his original injury? It was a torn Achilles. Oh, God. Looks like he retore his Achilles is what happened. Oh, it was not good. Rod Brindamore. Brutal. Rod Brindamore in the aftermath was really like visibly upset and mm -hmm. super pessimistic, even though they hadn't got the doctor's How do you do that yet. just from moving? Like it looked so innocent. Like well, he already tore it. No, I know, but it just it, it's such a not, nothing play, right? And for it's the guy usually a really bad sign. Potentially be out for the yeah. season. There was no physical You've contact. You've seen guys do the, their ACLs, non-contact injury. Mm -hmm. They just land and plant funny, and then boom, it goes. It was ready right? to pop, right? That's, yeah. that's essentially what it was. Detroit's interesting um, to me, and that's certainly not a team that we've talked a lot about. They still haven't signed Dylan Larkin. I know. I thought they'd get something done with him. And the Bruins haven't signed but I guess I don't. I don't know if maybe they've got agreements in, in place. But there well, doesn't seem to be a lot of smoke around either of them. Here's the thing with the guy running the Detroit Red Wings, Steve Eiserman. He usually takes a pretty hard line. Elliot Freeman and Jeff Merrick were talking yesterday about Steven Samkos, and they were wondering, you know, they, they were kind of looking back and going, imagine how different it could have been for Stamkos if he didn't re-sign with them. And there was a time when it looked like he might not. I think he went down the road with either interviews or – um, he investigated in some ways, signing in Toronto or or Buffalo. Yep. And do you remember Steve Eiserman was like, your offer is on the table. Take it or leave it. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, Steven Samko said, well, I'm going to stay in Tampa. I like it here. I like my teammates. I like the team. And also, 
tax advantages and, and that sort of thing. But it wasn't like Steve Eiserman said, okay, fine, we'll, we'll, we'll do this for you. Right. Yeah. Like he is a hardline negotiator and part of the key for his teams being successful, especially the ones in Tampa Bay is that he held that line and he was like, Hey, we're putting together something good here. You, this is a fair offer. We believe that's on the table. You can take it or leave it. And I wonder if they're doing that right now with Dylan Larkin. It very well could be, in which case they become a really interesting team in the mix because they're probably not ready to make any sort of significant Stanley Cup push this season. But if there's going to be a change at that position from Larkin to Horvath, then you're saying, well, if you if you get him now and you get him in for a half a year and then sign him to an extension, mm-hmm. he basically gets a head start on his career as a Detroit Red Wing. So those kind of deals... Can you imagine if, if if the Red Wings traded Larkin at the deadline mm-hmm. and also brought in Horvat? Well, I could see, possible. Yeah, well, I want to. The Carolina Hurricanes were on that list as well. Mm-hmm. So they're another team that's very notorious for drawing a sand in the line when it comes to contract negotiations. Yep. They did it for um, Dougie Hamilton. Now Dougie Hamilton left because he found a better deal elsewhere. But the interesting thing about Carolina is they got thirteen million coming off the books in Pacioretty and Jordan Stahl this year. It's widely expected that. Um, this money could either be saved because that's what Carolina likes to do. They like to mm-hmm. operate under the cap, or they could have it. They've got a luxury of riches at forward, but you know why not? Let me tell you, though, after it, if the Canucks trade Bo Horvat to Carolina and Koka Niemi is the centerpiece coming back, <sighs> Canucks fans are going to be furious. There's something to chew on. There's a little warning if you're listening. Anyone in the Canucks organization. You're listening to the Alfred and Brush Show on Sportsnet 650. We got an open segment on the other side, so we can take your Ask Us Anythings. Text in your Ask Us Anythings on Ask Us Anything Friday into the Dunbar Lumber text line at 650-650. If you want to be entered into a draw to win Canucks tickets for tomorrow night's game at Rogers Arena against the Edmonton Oilers, could be Bruce's last game as head coach of the Vancouver Canucks. Plus, you get to see Connor McDavid. Include the ticket emoji in your Ask Us Anything and make it a good Ask Us Anything. You're listening to the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. You know, at the end of the day, he wants to be a coach again. It's possible it's Vancouver. It might be somewhere else. But Rick Tockett's a valuable, valuable guy in the National Hockey League. 6.32 on a Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 6.50. Halford and Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. Uh, a reminder, it is Ask Us Anything Friday here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 6.50. Uh, we're going to be giving away tickets and gift cards today on the show for the best ask us anything now the premise is simple ask us anything you can literally ask us about anything it could be about sports sure but we are happy to go outside that genre like the person that asked me mike what does si- sand in the line mean in which i said did i say that out loud mm-hmm. you did the, the saying is obviously line in the sand yeah but i refuse to acknowledge that i was wrong mm-hmm. that's just a new way of saying it so what does it mean then Sand in the line. Sand in the line is when you draw a line in the sand, but then fill that line with the sand. Right. Or a different type of sand. So does that mean you become more flexible and the line in the sand is maybe not so hard and steady? I I thought everyone knew that. Okay. It's a very common saying. More and more people are saying it. You're hearing it more and more. Anyway, get your Ask Us Anythings in. 
if you add a ticket emoji, that enters in you into the grand prize draw uh, for a pair of tickets to see the Canucks and Oilers tomorrow night at Rogers Arena. If you add a football emoji, that is a $50 gift card and as two seats, two seats for the big party on Super Sunday, February 12th at the Clayton Public House. Uh, we got a couple Ask Us Anythings in here that are essentially the same one. New West Pat and John from the Big C. Do you think the Canucks could trade Bo to Seattle and get less back, but Seattle takes OEL? Absolutely not. No chance for two reasons. Number one, nobody's taking OEL. Right. There was one GM that was going to take on OEL. <laughs> and he's not working anymore. What if Carolina did being so under the cap? No. They won't because they're not dumb. Number two, uh, it's midseason, and that might be the biggest one. If you want to argue about whether or not a team would take on OEL, how are the Kraken going to be able to take on Bo and OEL? The Kraken don't have much cap space. Like, they're not completely – they're not into LTI, but they don't have a t- – nobody has much cap space. There's maybe, like, a couple teams that do. You cannot do that deal – Mid-season, like it would right. be, like you're sending what, a combined $14 million or whatever the number is if you were to gonna Seattle, tra- if there's you were no gonna, chance. If you were going to trade ekman Larson anywhere, anywhere, it would have to be contingent on him going on LTIR somewhere else. Because it's just way too big of a cap hit for anyone to try and navigate. And the problem with doing that trade in season yeah. is it's going to be very hard to come up with something like, ah... Uh, He's got terrible gout, so maybe put him on the shelf for the rest of the year. Like, you know what I mean? He's been playing hockey actively. Yeah. So I don't I just see. Don't it. think it's possible. And the other thing too is possible. like, don't monkey with the Bo Horvat trade. That trade should solely be about getting the most assets in return, right? And oh, it, I a thousand percent disagree with that. If you could trade Bo and get rid of OEL's contract at the same time, and that was the trade, I would do that. One thousand percent. I think we both just said this almost. That's not even feasible. I just don't see how it could no, happen. But you're saying you would pick one or the other, and I would say I would take getting rid of OEL's contract. Getting rid of OEL's contract is worth multiple firsts at this point. <laughs> it is. How many first round? Picks it's is it's worth multiple firsts. I mean, it depends on what the first round pick is. I'm not talking like lottery picks in this draft, but it is a big time problem for. The Vancouver Canucks, and I enjoy all these people saying that when Rick Tockett takes the job, if that does happen, OEL will be willing to waive his no-move clause. He can waive that clause. He can wave it. He can literally wave that clause in the air and set it on fire. It doesn't mean that there's another team out there like, oh, OEL's willing to waive? Yeah. Maybe we should go and get that guy. Yeah. Um, GM's we- just jumping over top of each other trying to get him. Do would you should we have that? We didn't have this conversation yesterday. We were going to about who the potential buyout candidates were on the subject of OEL. We kind of did. We asked did one we? of our guests about who would it, who who right. it would be, and there there isn't really an obvious answer there. Um, we talked about the. I I think OEL. Frankly, if you want to if you want to make the uh, hockey argument, OEL makes the most sense. The question is, will ownership be willing to do that? So soon after actually acquiring this guy, and I realize it, was, it wasn't Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvin that recommended that, yeah. but we're talking to, to buy out OEL and say goodbye. $20 million in cash over the next, I don't know, eight years or whatever yeah. it is. I mean, it's just hilarious that of all the coaches that they're bringing in, it's yes. Tockett, like the one guy that mm-hmm. actually had a sort of known on-the-record feud with Ekman Larson. I mean, I, you, and you're not – I think that's purely coincidence. 
I think the number one reason mm. that Rick, I think the number one reason that Rick Talk is coming in with has a nothing bullet, to do with has OEL. Nothing to do with OEL. Zero to do with it's OEL. It's a funny it's relationships. It's, a, it's always it's a, yeah. relationships. It's a funny anecdote to pass along, but there, you know what I mean. It's that's as far as it'll go. But by the way, this will be another coach that the Canucks hire. Um, if indeed it is Rick Tockett or another coach or another executive where they really don't do the extensive, let's interview 10 different candidates and really deliberate over this decision and maybe bring, maybe even bring back the coach for a second interview yeah. or a third interview and then make the decision that way. It'll be like, all right, we've identified a guy. Let's go get him. Yep. Right. How many times does this happen? I think about Jim Benning. I think about, you know, like Bruce Boudreaux. It, it, I don't know. It just kind of drives me crazy. But a lot of things drive me crazy. Uh, Ryan and Langley doesn't drive me crazy. Well, I don't know him. He might. Ask us anything. Would you give up the following for one Canucks Stanley Cup win? Mike, you can't watch footy ever again. So no soccer ever again. Jason, you can't golf ever again. Ryan, I love the Canucks. I'm not giving up golf for them. I'm sorry. I'm not. It's what I plan to do when I retire. If this meant that I couldn't ever watch any football at all, including like my son play. No, you can watch your son I'm drawn play. I'm drawing the heartstrings. No, too bad. I'm going with my answer. No, I don't. No, I'm not willing to do it. Not for one Stanley Cup win. I'm sorry. If it's just the televised version, I'd entertain it mm -hmm. if it was like a, you couldn't watch it ever like i couldn't watch my team play i couldn't watch my kids team play I'd be like no. do you remember we had that debate would you spend i can't remember what it was like a week in jail mm -hmm. i would be more willing to spend a week in jail than give up golf for the rest of I my life i need to know what kind of jail but yeah i was gonna say which kind of jail are we yeah. talking about here you guys don't want it the hard golf enough, playing obviously. jail or you uh, don't, yeah i want it enough um I'll you'd, be, you'd be more than willing to do it if you if you had the the uh eternal the, fortitude you know what i'm not feeling all that um not feeling a lot of love for the Canucks right now, so I'm not willing to sacrifice my favorite hobby for them. Oh, yeah, why you know not? What? <laughs> even for one Stanley Cup? You know what? Right now, I'm so low, I wouldn't even do community service. Never mind jail. That's where I'm at, <laughs> like, personally. I don't even know if i do that. Like, picking up garbage on the side of the highway for eight hours feels like a lot of investment for a team that we are now, like, associating with absurdism just to try and make sense of the situation. Can't help it. We have, hey, look, we're fans. We have highs. We have lows. Mm -hmm. We're fanatics, right? That's what happens. You don't really have a stable sort of relationship with the team. You just kind of go on and on. Brandon in Vancouver, ask us anything. What would Canucks fans be happy with in a return for Bo Horvat? Uh, because from my perspective, we all can't wait to move him out for picks and prospects, but we're all terrified of what this management will get in the return. Yeah, we are kind of, aren't we? And I threw out that name, uh, Kokaniemi. <laughs> 22 years old, plays center. He checks all the boxes in terms of what Jim Rutherford said. He sure does. The issue is, is he good? Right? Is he, if he's, is, is he good enough to retool with? I'm not like third team um, and has had pretty good opportunities to do stuff in both. I know Montreal was tough because he broke in when he was 18. And then, I mean, and then they made the same mistake with Slavkovsky, which is weird. But anyway, um, I think. It is baffling almost that he's not producing in Carolina because he has so many good players to play with. 
right? He's never produced. I know, but that's He's what I'm saying. He's never produced that, in the NHL. That's what I'm saying. This is why there would be red flags. Now, if it was... He's got 16 points in 45 games. He's got 107 points in 282 career games. He's and, he's a third of a point per game player. And you look at it, and it's like, why is it not working in Carolina? You've got all these good, young, offensive players to work with. you got a bunch of your countrymen there. There's a ton of Finns in Carolina that are piling up points. Like, what is the hang-up here? And I think the answer is what you just said. He just might not be all that great of a player. Yeah, he plays 14 minutes a night for a reason. Danger, like another red flag, though, is exactly what you said before that. This is the exact type of player that Jim Rutherford described on Monday. Mm-hmm. To a T. Really. Age, center, and a guy that maybe hasn't worked out and you're looking to salvage. And you know that they've already done a deal with Carolina earlier this year, the Ethan Bear deal, which also coincidentally, was about getting a guy in that age group that wasn't mm-hmm. fitting in in one place and might fit in with you. Jamie, the Squamish contractor, ask us anything. Have you guys ever had a guest on your show who you either had an argument with over the air or have said to each other after the interview, boy, what an idiot. Well, we will never hard. interview that guy again. Yeah, happens a lot. Yeah. I don't want to say who. No, we're not going to say who. I can't even – nothing comes to mind right now, but – One comes to mind. There's there, there have been people that have come on the show, and they either didn't bring energy or they were boring or whatever, or they were, like, out of their minds with their opinions, and we were like, cross them off the list. The important thing to know is that it's never our fault. It's their fault. Yeah. We ask the good questions. They give the bad answers. Yeah, and without question, this happens. And part of it has to do with the fact that oftentimes you take blind leaps of faith with how someone's going to sound on the radio. They might write smart. They might <laughs> yeah. blog smart. Or they, they might just be having a bad day, right? Yeah. There's lots of different things that go into it, right? Believe it or not, some people don't place as great an importance on this show as we do. Mm-hmm. They look at it and it's like, also, yeah, I'll give it's that a It's a challenge shot. being a morning show as well for some people. I mean, it's mm-hmm. get, you're oftentimes getting up really early to, challenge try and, for us. to try and have energy, right? So it's true. Uh, Mike, the urologist from Brockville, this is a combined what we learned, and ask us anything. Bo Horvat made the All-Star game. Good for him. Mm-hmm. By the way, I have no idea how the selection process or anything. I'm like Twitter, I'm, Twitter voting was this round. This was Horvat or Twitter voting? Yep. Okay. Great. Uh, what the heck happens if he gets traded between now and then to a team in another division? Who does he play for at the All-Star game? Well, he would play for that new team. Yeah. I imagine. Not, I guess who he's not playing for? The old one. Yeah, that'd be weird if he was like <laughs> still repping the Canucks. He could just wear like NHL branded gear, like Rob Lowe at a football game. Just have like an NHL hat, <laughs> an NHL. They could give him a referee shirt to wear at media day. It is a good question though. Has it ever happened before? I don't think so. I can't ever think of an All Star that made the team and then was traded and then had to go to the All Star game. Like all those things would have to line up. First of all, you'd be trading an All Star, which is unlikely. Mm-hmm. And number two, it would have to be specifically in the time frame after he was named to the game. So there's a pretty tight window there. Yeah. And then the trade would have to happen, and then the All-Star game would have to happen. I, this is a hard one to Google. What if yeah, you're tra- not going to be able to Google What if that? the trade happened mid-All-Star game? Especially on that laptop. <laughs> <laughs> PC load letter. <laughs> Gosh, Windows 3.1 is not doing his thing. No, yeah. what, what if the trade happened mid All Star game? What, what would what would happen then? Uh, I think Gary puts a moratorium on those things. 
They don't get announced mid mid All Star game. Oh, it's like when crazy. nothing. Have you ever noticed that during the Stanley Cup final, nothing of significance happens? That's true. And then yeah. the moment that the Stanley Cup final is over, there's like a slew of transactions. Oh, people are people are texting in an obvious one. John uh, John Scott got traded when he was named to the All Star game. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, that well, that's the one that the smoking laptop popped up. But right. he, the other part of it was he wasn't even in the NHL. Yeah, he was. Right. It was like an American Hockey League trade. There's though. one mm. example from the 1998 MLB All Star game. Nice. The Laddie. only example I could find, Jeff Shaw, then of the Cincinnati Reds, one of my favorites, was traded to the Los Angeles Dodgers during that time frame. So the first time he wore his new uniform was at the All Star Game, but he didn't change leagues, so it's not really as big as what you're talking. Because if, if you, it makes sense from a logistical standpoint to trade someone while they're away at the All Star Game, you don't have to have any mm. awkward conversations. Well, the plane, plane back, the plane you just go to your new there. destination. Yeah, right? exactly. Right, you don't have to have any like messy breakups. Someone can clean out your locker for you. No There's... picture of you waiting for a cab outside the arena. Yeah, it's like breaking up with someone on the phone. No, they're 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 doing their thing, and you're there doing your thing. Like a long distance breakup. Yeah, over the phone. You know, you don't need to fly in for it. Remember when the, the Oilers fired Ralph Kruger on Skype? Remember that? Uh, yeah, I do because he was in Europe. Yeah, and they're like, we. They would have been almost worse if they're like, "Hey, can you fly over here for a bit? We just want to talk." <laughs> Should I book a return ticket? Nah, we'll do it. Daniel and Campbell River, can you guys please touch on this proposed three-team trade in which Taves, I imagine that's Jonathan and not Devon, Mm -hmm. ends up in Toronto with 50% retained by Chicago and the other 50% retained by Anaheim. It flashed on the TV last night during the Leafs broadcast. All I can say, I hadn't heard of that one, but all I can say is that I think we're going to see some trades like this. I think we're going to see some teams being very creative and what do we call it, like laundering these players through other teams? Yeah, I mean, that's the decent terminology. We'll so you would essentially, uh, so would, so what's Taves cap hit? Is it like 10 million or something like that? Something along those lines. So 10.5 okay. million. So let's say it's 10. So you trade him to Anaheim and you bring it down to five. And then you trade him Toronto to Toronto and you've got it at two and a half million. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to see trades like this the and issue, i think and yeah. i think you know i think chicago is the obvious one with taves and um patrick kane both potentially being available and both having the same cap hit i, I was reading an article about this last night and, from the athletic and the pushback was how much more toronto may have to pay because then they've got to give something to two different teams right they've got to give something to chicago for taves and they have to give something to anaheim for taking on the money for taves so all of a sudden the acquisition price becomes I wouldn't say infinitely higher, but higher. And I don't know if they've got the kind of assets to do that. And then you got to ask, like, are we really doing this for Jonathan Taves? Right? Is that the plan? I mean, the other one, the one that most, the one that makes the most sense. He's, he's a pretty good player, man. And he's he's playing better this year. Yeah. Are, are we really doing it for Jonathan Taves? Maybe. He, yeah. Well, because he's a three C. That's all I'm saying. On, in, in pretty Toronto, important player. Yeah, pretty Toronto pretty important C, position. So, yeah. Pretty important position. So in, do it in, when it comes to the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah. So I, I mean I don't know if they're willing to do that. That was just again the article that I was uh, alluding to that was out there the other day. The other obvious one for Taves is Winnipeg, given his ties to the area and the fact that Winnipeg could use someone else down the middle. I, I ten and a half is such a big number to try and make manageable. Right, like and like you said, you got to start doing these cap gymnastics and including laundering part parties to do all these. Yeah, things. but there's some GMs that are creative. Like, couldn't you see Kyle Dubas orchestrating that? He is say what the- you will about him, but he likes to do these trades because it makes him look smart. But it's also it is it is smart. Yes, to actually get a little bit of cr- creativity with these trades. By the way, there. Thank you for uh, um, all the people that sent us in 
this ESPN article that says NHL All-Stars traded before All-Star weekend. Oh, wow, cool. Uh, there's a bunch of them. Sandus Oslinch. He was named at uh, Eastern Conference All-Star as a member of the Panthers, but was traded to the Anaheim Mighty Ducks a few days before the game. That's 2003. He played in the All-Star game for the East, but didn't attend the skills competition because if he, he would have had to wear a Panthers jersey. That's right. They wouldn't have had, back then, they might have not have had the All-Star jerseys with the patch. Oh, right. Don't most of them have that now, the All-Star jerseys, but they have a patch of the team that yep, you're on, that's right? right? Yeah. Uh, Bernie Nichols in 1990, he was traded by the Kings to the Rangers one day before the All-Star game when he was already in Pittsburgh for All-Star weekend. Uh, Nichols wasn't happy with the quality of players the Kings got in return for him or the fact that he didn't find out before traveling to Pittsburgh. Nichols still played in the game for the Campbell Conference, the Kings Conference. There's that list of the guys in the NHL that have scored 70 goals in a single season. Bernie Nichols' name stands out. It's, it's like so, it's such an anomaly in there because it's like Gretzky, Hull, Lemieux, Esposito, Solane, Gretzky, Lemieux, Hull, Nichols. Bernie Nichols. Bernie Nichols, man. Bernie Nichols. Uh, Mike DiRollo is from Brockville is on a heater this morning. He's sending in and ask us anything's left and right. Here's one. Non-sports. Destination weddings, Mike asks. Are they a great reason to go on a trip? Or a weekend of mandatory events in a place you didn't choose to go to? The answer is the latter. Sorry, it just is. Yeah, they, ask, asking someone, inviting someone to a destination wedding, especially if they're like a good friend or even a family member. It's onerous. It's kind of like, wow, it's going to be hard for me to say no to this. Yeah. Thanks, right? for, thanks for making me spend all this money. That's awesome. Yeah. Really appreciate yeah. this. Greece. I've always wanted to go there in August. Is <laughs> right. it is it warm there? I know. Like that's the thing, right? And like, <laughs> well, you know, my I remember my brother went to one in Mexico one time. And it, the second part of this, that a weekend of mandatory events. He's like, there are like thirty of them, right? Because that's the thing. It's like you can't. Some people feel obligated to not just force you to go on vacation but then make the vacation for you it's some sort of like weird inverse guilt thing oh let's go zip lining right that kind of stuff and it's again i appreciate it and i i understand that a lot of people are like this is a good way to get away from a lot of the wedding traps where you're inviting mm -hmm. like third cousins and there's 500 people that you don't know yeah. but at the same time if you're a near and dear friend you're you're putting a lot of weight i definitely that. think it makes more sense if you're older and you might have actually saved some money to yeah. go and do that thing. That's, yeah. that's like a good second wedding type of thing. You yeah. Know? Like, we don't want to go through the whole rigmarole. People that do destination weddings in their 20s, like, do all the guests show up gritting their teeth? They're like, I had to take out a loan for this. I had yeah. to take out a payday loan for this. Yeah, exactly. You know? Like, I it's mean, expensive. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. My yeah. parents paid for this. Just thank <laughs> God. Uh, here's an unsigned uh, Ask Us Anything. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois wants to go to Montreal next year. Can you see Winnipeg cashing him in and the Canucks getting involved as a third team? How the hell are the Canucks going to get involved as a third team? They don't have any what cap space. <laughs> Can we play? No. I don't, I don't know how you that can't. works. Let's, and, just, let's and just hope it's Lafreniere. Let's just hope it's that. Lafreniere? Lafreniere. 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 Yeah, Lafreniere. Um, well, I don't know how Lafreniere is part of the Pierre-Luc Dubois. No, 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 no. Just as if that, that would be the return for Horvat, that would be like, yeah, that's cool. I okay. mean, I don't know if it's going to work. But it would be... I, I don't know how you got to Lafreniere from a trade involving the Winnipeg Jets for Pierre-Luc Dubois and the Vancouver Canucks being part of that. How would... But it's on how brand. Would the, how would the Rangers even 
be part of is this. Is this HF boards? Like, yeah. What, like, is what, is, <laughs> what, what is going on? What is going on? By the way, the, the Dubois situation is going to be interesting to watch. I don't think the Jets are going to trade him midseason because there's no point. They still have, they'll still have control over him in the offseason. He's going to be a strict, restricted free agent. And also the Jets are, you know, a pretty good team. I think there's an interesting debate to be had right now who has which Canadian team has the best chance to win the Stanley Cup. Toronto, I think, is the better team. I think Toronto is a better team than Winnipeg. But which team has the easier route? Like the West uh, the, the, the 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 West is clearly inferior to the East. Unless we, we've talked about the the potential road for Toronto to get to a Stanley Cup final. And here it potentially is. Tampa Bay in the first round, Boston in the second, and then maybe New Jersey or Carolina. Right. And to get and that's to get to the the, the conference final. It's a tough road. Winnipeg, it seems a lot easier. How honestly, how many good teams are in the West? Well, like how many elite teams? First of all, Colorado might not even make it, and they've got injury concerns, and we don't know. Uh, what's going to happen with Landeskog? They don't have Kadri. They're not as strong as they were Darryl, last year. Daryl Sutter thinks they are. Vegas is slumping right now. They're not playing all that well. And Jack Eichel is once again uh, taking a little bit of heat because he hasn't been playing very well lately. La- yeah, Laddie, I noticed you haven't piled on. Mm-hmm. What's going on? <laughs> no, but really, guys. I told you so. How, how, many, how many in the Western Conference right now, how many teams? It's kind of like the NFC. That we were going through, we were like, how many teams are actually good in the NFC? The, the conversation in the West is solely about Colorado. Really. Because is it like, are they back? They're on this heater. You got Daryl Sutter saying that they're the champs and they're unbeatable and they're a different class. And that's the, otherwise, the conversation and the answer is totally what you said. It's the East. Seattle is in first place in the Pacific Division right now. They've surpassed Vegas. Vegas is not in a good way right now. I know they got off to a good start and everyone's like, they're back. And they're still going to make the playoffs. I don't think they're, well, you never know. Okay, I want to read this Ask Us Anything, and I want us all to think about this. I know we're going to have a break. I get it. I see your little hand gestures there, A-Dog. I get it. Uh, I want everyone to think about this because it's actually a really good question. Given the current economic landscape and climate, Ask Us Anything from Mike and Aldergrove, who has traditionally been our best Ask Us Anything guy. If you had the option to have all food cost half as much, but it tastes half as good, would you do it to save money? Think about it. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650.